Welcome, friends, to the Girl Mom Podcast, a community where we aim to be strong mothers raising empowered daughters. This is Carrie Kampakis, your host. As many of my readers and listeners know, my oldest daughter, Ella, started Auburn University this past fall. She's had an amazing experience, and one of the many things I love about Auburn is the underlying Christian culture on campus. It impacts the way that students see each other and treat each other, and it's a rare environment, especially in the world of college. My daughter is surrounded by so many positive influences, and one of these influences is a friend from Birmingham named Mary Lauren Burdishaw. We met Mary Lauren years ago as a high school student when she helped on a Christian retreat that Ella and Sophie attended. Immediately, I was drawn to her friendly and joyful personality. As I got to know Mary Lauren, I realized how the joy that she exudes is the light of Christ that lives inside her, and it's been so fun watching Mary Lauren thrive in college and take her faith to a new level as she mentors younger girls and also serves as a staff member of J.H. Ranch and the student ministry team at Church of the Highlands. Mary Lauren is a communications major, yet wherever God takes her in life, I also see a future for her in ministry. In this episode, Mary Lauren and I talk about some things that matter most in college, like friendships, making healthy choices, and trusting God's plan. She has built a joyful, fulfilling, and really beautiful life with Jesus as her rock. And even those of us who are more than twice as old as Mary Lauren will be inspired by her example and reminded of the blessings that await us when we choose a life with Christ. Whether you're listening to this episode as a parent of a college student or a college student yourself, my prayer is that you find it helpful, hopeful, and relevant to our times. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show. Welcome, Mary Lauren, and thank you for joining me on the Girl Mom Podcast. I am so excited we finally made this work. Me too. I've been thinking about this for months. <laughs> I know. What's well, funny, I think I texted you probably probably before school even started, right? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we t- but I knew even then, I was like, I'm sure this will work best during the Thanksgiving or Christmas holidays. But yes. God's timing is always perfect. So mm-hmm. I was not worried about it, you know, taking a few months for us to actually get together because I knew it would come at the right time. Mm-hmm. And it totally has. I remember seeing you in the pants store and you were like, please text me whenever you're home to do the podcast. And yesterday morning, I woke up and I was like, I'm home to the podcast. And I know. That's one. It's so funny because I had just woken up that morning too. And I was thinking, I need to text Mary Lauren and see if this week or <laughs> Christmas holidays might be good. So that definitely felt like God's orchestration and timing. Yes, 100%. Well, good. Okay. Well, I'm so excited. You and I, we just chatted for about 30 minutes about (laughs) everything that I wish we had recorded that, but I think it laid some good groundwork for what we're going to talk about today. Me too. But, um, you know, I told you a lot of my listeners are obviously the moms of girls, Mm -hmm. but there will also be some parents of boys listening, maybe Mm -hmm. some, some dads too. And my thought is that this is also something that moms will share with their daughters to send and have them listen to it. I and, hope so. Oh, they definitely will. Not because of me, but because of you and all the wisdom that you have to share. Oh. So, I um, I mean, you know, I just think the world of you. I remember meeting you as a teenager. I think you were maybe in 10th or 11th grade. 10th grade. 10th grade. Okay. And I just remember meeting you on that big time retreat. You were leading it. And um, just, just the light of Christ was so evident in you. And you were so warm and bubbly. And um, I mean, just as a mom of girls, you're just the type of person that you hope your daughters will become. And you're such a role model. And I'm not saying that to put pressure on you, but just I think it's so important for these girls or for anybody in life to have somebody that's a few steps ahead of you doing life like you hope to be doing it and doing life like God is calling us to do it. And I just think you have done a really great job of that. Even into college, you're a senior at Auburn University, right? Yes, ma'am. So, um, so that's what I just want to talk about is um, you're a senior, you're, you've 
you're thriving still. I know you thrived in high school, but really thriving in college, especially growing in your faith. And there are so many things that you're doing so well with your friendships and your career and just your life path. So I want to talk to um, just some things that have really helped you along the way. Mm-hmm. And we can also talk about like what helped you, what were some things that you knew going into college that you predecided that, you know, this is what I will do. This is what I won't do. This is the kind of person I want to become. But just some things that you went in being intentional about. And then also some things that have really helped you while you've been in college to really enhance your faith journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talked about this. I mean, I have to say, even though I'm a major Alabama fan, um, <laughs> I mean, I've been so impressed. You know, my daughter, Ella is a freshman at Auburn, saying that for anybody that's listening. Um, And I've just been so impressed by just the culture of Christianity on the campus. Mm -hmm. Even though it's not a Christian campus, I feel like there's so many things that really kind of help you walk that path and just stay on that path and find good, godly Christian friends. Mm -hmm. So I really want to talk about that and just some things that have helped you along the way. Yes. So I will open the floor. You just start wherever you want to. Oh, man, there's so much to say. I think it was a huge gift from God. I just knew from the get-go, like, I'm going to go to Auburn. I didn't even tour it. I didn't tour any other schools. I didn't fly to any other schools. I just kind of knew. We grew up Auburn fans, and there were so many green lights telling me just this is the way, like, walk in it. So I remember, though, going in, I thought it was going to go one way. You know, I had my best friend from high school. We were roommates. I was like, we're going to go to the same sorority. We're going to have the same friend group. We're going to live together all four years of college. And it did not go that way. And I mean, looking back, it was God's grace to not give me what I wanted when I I thought I knew what I wanted, but he knew what I needed. And um, yes, so I went in and that's another thing. I was excited about all the freedom that was going to be offered to me. But one thing I knew is that I was going to need Christ because mm-hmm. in all the ebb and flows and turns and ups and downs of friend groups and college and circumstances that you really can't control, the one thing that was going to be consistent was my relationship with the Lord. And the one thing I could count on a hundred times, a hundred out of a hundred times, 10 times out of 10, is that He was going to be there every morning just loving me and giving me what I needed to get through the day and um, helping me do what He's called me to do. So anyway, going through Rush, it just was pretty clear um, that my best friend and I weren't going to go to the same story. And this sounds so in- insignificant, but in the moment it was huge because I had kind of, you know, I, I'm a secure girl that loves the Lord, but I kind of realized a lot of my security was in this friendship. And mm. that's another thing. I feel like you kind of grab onto things that are familiar when there's a lot of unknowns. Yeah. And oh, that's so good. Oh my yes. goodness. And she was so like, she's my, we still to this day are best friends. Um, and so it was sort of rattling. Like, I remember there was this one day, it was after sisterhood. We were going into prep, and my note, like, I realized, okay, my friend isn't going the same story as me. Um, and I was sitting down. I started bawling, crying. My nose started bleeding. And I'm just, <laughs> just what you want, the week of Raj. Oh, right? my gosh. I was like, this is a low. This is, <laughs> could not control it. My guy friends were walking past me like, Mary Lord, are you okay? I'm like, don't look at me. Like It was just a low. But I look back on that and laugh because in my prayer journal, literally had drops of blood on the page. I still have it. <laughs> That's awesome. I was saying, Lord, the only thing I'm sure about is that your way is what's best. And 
all I can ask you for is to have your way. Get me out of the way. Get my desires, my opinions, my expectations all out of the way so that you can come and have your way. And the way he was faithful to answer that prayer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just crazy. Like, yeah. And then you think about you pledged Kayo. Yes, ma'am. Awesome story. <laughs> and, love it. You know, just the trajectory that that set for you. Although, you know, what I love about right. Auburn is how the sororities mm-hmm. and the fraternities do mingle so much. Yes. I don't feel like you just pledge a sorority or fraternity. And some people don't even pledge and they're still right. so happy. Right. But you know, no matter where you go, if you do that, you're still going to have friends and every other organization too yes ma'am I feel like there's a lot of mixing up which I love same you know it is so interesting you think about you do want to be where God wants you to be Mm -hmm. and I even think about that I went to Alabama and I pledged Kappa and Mm -hmm. you know I I wasn't praying for God to help me be where I wanted to be where I needed to be but he put me there and it was because of a pledge sister that I met that I met my husband and it was because Whoa. I went to Alabama that I met my husband. And I think Whoa. we forget that as parents because sometimes we can get so focused on, oh, you know, we want our child to go to the best school or whatever, you know, the hardest school to get into. That's That should be the goal. But really, I'm like, no, the goal should be is to be where God wants us to be. Yes. Whether that's a certain college campus yes. or a certain fraternity or a certain sorority or a certain organization, because it's where we're supposed to be. That's where you're going to meet the people you're supposed mm-hmm. to meet who are going to help you accomplish what God has planned for your life. Oh, my gosh. And we have no idea what's on the other side of a yes. Even oh, that's good. I love that. Even just small things that seem insignificant, it's crazy how he just honors a heart that wants to obey him. Even if you choose the wrong thing, like honestly, that might be a little bold statement, but I've just noticed in my life, if I'm really seeking the Lord's best and I feel like he's prompting me to choose a certain thing, even if I'm totally wrong, but I choose it with a heart that's trying to obey him, it's crazy how he just blesses that. Right. So can you think of something in in particular of where that played out? Here's one example. I think there was a season where I was really sure the Lord was calling me to try out for something. And I was excited about it. I was preparing for it. I felt prompted when I thought about it. And um, I auditioned for it, didn't get it, (laughs) and was super disappointed because in my head, like I was convinced that He wanted me to audition for this thing to be a part of it and to get it. But I didn't. And looking back, it's funny the way that First of all, I was totally off. Like I, I wasn't supposed to be in that organization. And that no that I got um, paved the way for to grow in a position in my church offered and um, even just to be used in different ministries. And But it's crazy how the purpose of me auditioning for that organization wasn't to be in the organization. The purpose was this friend that I met literally before my interview. She was so nervous. I was so nervous. We had a moment. I was trying to encourage her. I ended up praying for her, and that's still one of my most consistent friendships in college. Oh, wow. I love that. That's so true, and I love that you have the wisdom and just the insight to recognize that that was God's purpose, that even if you didn't get the result that you wanted at the time, right? it wasn't a waste. Right. Yeah, and I think that life just becomes... We find so much more joy and peace and contentment when we can see our life like that. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to try out for this, and even if I don't make it, there's still a purpose if God is calling me to do it. Mm-hmm. And I, I noticed it this past weekend. We had our um, Miss Olympian pageant at Mount Brook High School. Oh, I love that. I know. It's always such a great event. And our mutual friend, Mary Mary Francis, yeah. uh, shared it a few years ago. Uh-huh. And um, it is always just outstanding. And, you know, all the girls have to do talent. So it takes Whoa. so much courage for them to get up there. Mm-hmm. And um, my daughter was part of the pageant staff, and so I was there supporting her and watching the girls 
But, you know, Sophie. One, yes, Sophie was. And then Ella had done it two years before. And okay. it's been such a great experience just being on that side behind mm-hmm. the scenes. And um, But one thing I was telling Sophie on Sunday is I was telling her all the things that I loved about the pageant was I was like, you know, there were 12 contestants and they all just seemed to be so happy and truly enjoying themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you watch a pageant and you feel like everybody's so caught up and just wanting to win and they're going mm-hmm. to be heartbroken if they don't win. Mm-hmm. But I just got the, you know, as a mom, you know that no matter what happens, that that experience, whether it's interviewing with judges or doing your talent in front of people or just getting up there and putting yourself out on a limb yes. out of your comfort zone, that's something you have to do your entire life. You know, oh you've goodness. got to get up and speak in front of people. That's why our dad always liked us to do things growing up. Just mm-hmm. anything that made us get on stage and speak in front of people yeah. because he knew that experience was going to help us. And it really did. I mean, even in my job as a writer, I mean, I'm a writer first and a speaker second. But when I do go and speak, it really brings back all those memories that I have from growing up of doing plays and pageants and things. Oh, yeah. It really helped me just because it kind of laid that groundwork. That's so and, cool. Yeah. And so it's just like just seeing those girls in the pageant, that they were just having fun uh-huh. and enjoying it. And, you know, it, it wasn't it didn't matter if they won or not. That yeah. They were just getting that experience. And no matter what happens, you're going to benefit from that. Mm-hmm. And so I can see in college where that really is important to have that attitude yes. going in. Yes. I mean... That says a lot about their security, too. Like, they, yes. they're they not up there for, for everyone's approval or for a certain result. They're just up there because they have something they want to share, and they're confident enough to put themselves on display. But at the end of the day, like, their hope isn't in winning something. Like, right. And their security isn't in a title or a certain result. Like, they know who they are, and not much can change it, good or bad. But um, that's so that's so true. Like, the older I get, the more I just realize— when I'm seeking the Lord, like he wastes nothing. Mm-hmm. He uses everything. And I feel like he always prepares me for what's next. Right. And speaking of, so you're a senior this year. Yes, ma'am. So you have so much wisdom. And I want to talk about, I think Auburn is really great about this. Mm-hmm. And you are really great about this. It's just mentoring the younger girls. Mm-hmm. And that's something I know you have a big heart for. Yes. Um, and just talk a little bit about that. Because some people listening, they might be familiar with how that works. Uh-huh. But others, if they're not, I think it's something that you can implement on any college campus. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whether you're a newcomer, whether you're a freshman, you know, looking for somebody that's older than you, that's kind of on a path you'd love to be on mm-hmm. that you look up to and having them mentor you with a small group study. Yes. Um, and then also you said in our conversation before that there are so many older girls at Auburn looking for these younger girls to mentor, yes, which ma'am. I think is amazing. So talk uh-huh. on that. And really like that's a big part of my story in general, because I remember when the summer after ninth grade, my friend group that had been consistent for so many years, um, it was the summer after ninth grade that everything kind of just went haywire. Like I remember I was gone at JH for two weeks. Then I was at this church conference for a weekend. Then I was at the lake with my family. And I had just grown so much in my faith and just realized this is really something I want to pursue and, and something I really desire. I got back and just found out this list of things. Like my friend group, it just, they, most of them had older boyfriends they had got over the summer. Most of them were making decisions like drinking. A couple of them had tried like drugs just I mean I was so disturbed because I was so excited to come back and share my faith and how much I had grown in it and they were so excited to tell me about all these life changes that just were in total contrast to right so it was confusing for me and honestly um my mom and I that night I really opened up to her about everything and we ended up praying and the thing she prayed she was like Mary Lauren like people who are not walking 
according to the spirit. Like they don't want to be around people who are because it convicts them. Like it makes them feel bad about themselves. And, um, long story short, I just pray this prayer. I'm like, Lord, I want to seek you. I want to be well-pleasing to you. Like I want to know you and I want it to be fun. And I want other people to want what I have. And I don't want to feel alone. Like I don't want to be home alone every weekend, like right, right. sitting in my kitchen with my mom. I love my mom, but I just, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want that. Your mom doesn't want you home every weekend. Though, yeah, high yeah. Right. She, I remember she was shocked. I came home at like 8 PM one night because there was a party that I wasn't invited to. And she was like, what? are you home? And I was like, yes. And that was the night we ended up praying about just the trajectory, what I wanted to look like and seeking the Lord. And he was so faithful to answer that prayer. But that kind of kickstarted me into this year of seeking him privately. Like I just, my faith like pretty much started and ended with my personal devotion, like me in the word every day. And then talking about it with my mom, like that was the extent of it, like Mm -hmm. me seeking the Lord and then talking about it with her. And it was such a sweet season of my life. And so many seeds were planted in my heart of like trusting his word, you know, getting to know him and his character through his word, even starting to pray like for the first time, like about like serious things going on in my life. And it was just such a sweet season. But long story short, I felt prompted to join a small group which I'd never done before. I go to Church of the Highlands, which is a huge church, and um, I just didn't know. There, there wasn't like a small youth group just to like consistently go to on Wednesday nights or anything, but um, it was crazy. There was like a consecutive two Sundays in a row where the first Sunday, Pastor Chris was like, if y'all are looking to take a next step, like I was just say, join a group. I'm like, okay, I'm going to join a group. When I get on the trajectory, there's like 2,000 groups to choose from. And I was like, oh, <laughs> a little no, overwhelming. No. <laughs> a little overwhelming. Yeah. So the next week he was like, if any of you, this is random, but if any of you like don't know which group to join, like our freedom groups are so recommended. He just like closed out his sermon saying that, and it had nothing to do with this message. And so I really felt like he was speaking to me. And so I ended up joining this freedom group. It was amazing. That curriculum is so powerful. But that, I was so nervous to join because I've never been in a small group. I had heard that freedom groups were for people who had had traumatic past, had something that they wanted to be freed from. And I just remember calling the leader and I was like, I don't want to be like an elephant in the room. Like, I'm so thankful for my life. Like, I feel so blessed. I haven't had like a serious traumatic thing happen to me that I need freedom from. I honestly just feel like God's calling me to take a next step and I don't want it to be awkward. I'm just like rambling on the phone and she's like, Mary Lauren, you're so cute. Like just show up. If you never (laughs) want to come back, it's okay. And she really just took the pressure off. So I was still nervous, but I showed up to the first one. And I mean, there were girls whose um, parents were divorced, a girl who's, who has struggled with drug addiction, a girl who had been sexually abused. There were girls in that group with so many different hard things. And I was the youngest one, a Mm. little 16 year old, just in this small group. And I just got chills thinking about it. I mean, words and encouragement and scriptures were just like pouring out of my mouth, like to these girls that I could not relate to at all, like based on our life experiences. And it was just so empowering and refreshing. And it just taught me like, okay, my faith isn't just about me. Right. Oh, I love that. Like people, the Lord has put people in my life who need the words he's given me, who need his truth, who need his encouragement. And so it was just really building for my faith of like, wow, like the Lord wants to use me. Like mm-hmm. the extent of my journey isn't just between me and my mom and the Lord. Like it's <laughs> right. not, not going to be that little triangle for forever. So all that to say, I kind of immediately knew going into Auburn that 
I wanted that. Like I wanted an environment just to be set up to be able to talk about our faith because I feel like everyone desires that. So getting to Auburn, I pretty much immediately knew that that's something I wanted to be a part of my college life with small groups because it made such a big impact on me. So um, freshman year, I immediately joined one with this older girl and she was a senior coyote and just invited us over to her house and she'd bake us cookies. She would make us a good home cooked meal. And it was so fun just actually being in a living room, like yes. <laughs> sitting on a couch with the kitchen nearby. Like that was so fun. Just I, mean, I can relate to that because Ella, when she comes home, she's like, just the space in a house again. Oh she's my not goodness. used to it when you're living in a dorm. You just appreciate it. Just feels it. like a mansion. Right. <laughs> it, everything does. The space. And so she would do something like that just to get us there. And if she had just done that, it would have been enough. But um, we were going through this curriculum called Get Out of Your Head. And it's just, it was amazing about like the power of our mind and our thoughts and just how it affects other things in our life. But all that to say, I haven't had a semester in college without a small group, whether leading one or being a part of one or both. I'm in one right now and leading one for freshman girls. And it's just crazy how everyone's looking for that. Like, even if it's not in the form of a small group, everyone's looking for someone they can just be honest with and for girls to relate with them. And I remember feeling uncomfortable walking into my first small group in high school that I was talking about, but it's just crazy how fate building it was to hear all these girls' struggles. And um, I mean, they had pretty heavy stuff that I couldn't relate to that well, but in Auburn, it's been like, oh, we were all the exact same. Like Mm -hmm. one girl would be vulnerable and say something and everyone else is like, same, same, same. Yeah. And it just creates this safety net. And honestly, just even being prayed for like, the, the leader, she, we would just get one-on-one prayer with her afterwards. And it just was so comforting to know that people are going through the same things you are. And we're all looking for the same answers. And we all want great friendships. We all want to thrive in college. We all want to be the best we can be. And it's just refreshing having a space where you can really be real about it. And yeah, there's no pressure either. So Yeah. And I think small groups are really, especially when it's a Christian-based small group and you know, you're coming together as sisters or brothers in Christ. It's so important. And even as an adult, I mean, I have people who've gone through, just friends who've gone through really tough life situations like a divorce Mm -hmm. or somebody's death. And, um, you know, the people who were the most helpful and supportive during that time were their small group. And sometimes it's not even their best friends who are in their small group. Right. You know, you could have a, really, it's just, it just, you just want to be in a small group with people who share your values and have similar life goals. And sometimes it's, it's fun. You know, I do a small group in my neighborhood and we're all moms, but we're all in different stages of motherhood. Some mm-hmm. are older than me, but most of them are younger than me. Mm-hmm. And I love it because everybody's bringing yeah. a different perspective and you have so much in common with them. But, you know, on a daily level, you might not because you're in different stages of life. But because so you cool. want the same things for your families and for yourself, you mm-hmm. really can come together and just mm-hmm. learn from each other in that and just getting that support. And like you said, prayer is so huge. Mm-hmm. It really is. And the cool thing, too, about leading one is like, there's no pressure to say the right thing or because you don't know what they're needing. Right. It's just making them feel loved exactly where they are and like making them feel comfortable right where they are and just trusting that, you know, you're planting seeds. And when they do feel like, oh, I really need to share this with someone, they feel comfortable sharing it with you. Like yes. they know you're going to be a safe place. And 
So I think that's huge. Yeah. And I think it's so good for the reason I love somebody your age leading a small group for the freshmen. One, they need it and they're so hungry for it and they're Mm -hmm. going to show up if you just invite them and plan it. Mm -hmm. Um, But also, I just remember when people were doing small group studies with my book, you know, as it came out, that there were some middle school groups where the moms were leading it, but they'd also get some high school girls to come and lead some of the studies or certain lessons. Sometimes it'd be a big sister or someone else. But I remember asking the girls one time, you know, what is it that you, what is it that you like so much about the older girls, especially? Mm -hmm. And this always stuck with me that they were like, you know, we like how they understand our struggles. They're close to our age. They Mm -hmm. understand what we're going through, but they also can show us how it has closure. I mean, maybe not every problem is going to have closure, but a lot of times, whatever they're going through in that season, it's going to work out. There's going to be closure. And someone who's three or five years ahead of you has that perspective, and they Mm -hmm. can give you that assurance. And I think for somebody who's in the middle of a trial Mm -hmm. or who feels like, I'm in the lonely season of friendship right now, Mm -hmm. I feel like this is forever, and yet... They're in that. They're the ninth grade version of you, and yeah. yet they're looking at you with all these amazing friendships now. Mm-hmm. And I think you said even that friend group, you know, y'all kind of came back around, and you know, you became friends again, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe later. But um, you know, it's it's just so neat to see that there can be closure, and that what we're going through today is not forever. And so that God, true. as long as we're honoring Him and trying to find friendships that honor Him, He's going to put us on a good path and yeah. get us to a good place. And I feel like that's one of the ways God speaks is through people that are seeking Him. Yes. I mean, yes. your personal devotion to the Lord is so sacred and special. And I don't know what I would do without it, just being alone with Him in the mornings. But there are times when, you know, like He says to meditate on the Word, and that means like talking about it and discussing it. And my small groups are like literally the place where we can just discuss like just talk about it and it it's crazy how it'll just confirm things in your heart when you hear it spoken to you and like back to you when you say it out loud and um yeah I think it's just it's so I think back to so many of my small group leaders and I'm like just they were affirming things that like the Lord already might have spoken over me or like you know all throughout his word he says you know we're loved like we're chosen we're set apart Mm -hmm. called for special purposes like no longer walking in darkness, but now walking as children of the light. Like there's so many things like spoken over us. And I feel like his design is for us to be in community with people who can confirm it, like just through their encouragement and words of life. So, I mean, there's so many unknowns and ups and downs in college, Mm -hmm. but the only thing that's consistent is Jesus Christ and his word. And so anything that helps us go back to that is such a gain. And small groups are huge for me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and one thing I was thinking too, is just how important it is to have not only community, like you have your community through your sorority and the other organizations you have, but those smaller groups, like the small group that you do, whether you're leading it or you're just part of it. But, you know, you think about how important that is in college, because in high school, you know, you have your parents, you have your church community, you have your friends, you've got this structure in place and you're getting Mm -hmm. guidance from a lot of different places. Mm -hmm. But then when you go to college, it's really easy to drift or get lost or Mm -hmm. just to forget who you are because all those things that have guided you, that have been your sources of support, they're not Mm -hmm. there on a daily basis. And I think that's why it is so important to just be intentional with, Mm -hmm. you know, you could ask five different people for advice and they'd give you five different pieces of advice. That's so true. It just depends on what 
their experiences are, what their values are, what their belief system is. Mm -hmm. And so I do think it's important to really just think about, okay, who is living the life that I hope to be living Mm -hmm. and who's maybe ahead of me in their journey, but would be willing to invest in me. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that's where a small group can be so helpful is that you, it gives you that, that family and that home away from home. Yes. But, um, you know, especially in those, you're making major life decisions in college. And so that's a really important time to be getting that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also want to talk about just other things in college, like just, you know, what advice would you give for, say, some girls who are freshmen or, you know, incoming freshmen, just something to help them stay on a good track to yeah. make choices that, um, you know, that might lead them in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And it could be, you know, faith, faith related choices. It could mm-hmm. be friend related choices, mm-hmm. um, choices related to boundaries and predeciding what you will or won't do, yes. which I think is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, how to handle stress, mm-hmm. how to handle just life balance and making yes. decisions, because that's all of a sudden, again, you're on your own mm-hmm. and you've got to do these things that your parents, not to say you can't call home because, you know, mm-hmm. my daughter calls home a lot and we have a lot of conversations and it's really fun. Mm-hmm. talking through different decisions, but you are becoming an independent adult and you're you learning how to find your mentors, whether it's somebody that's older than you or those people your own age or mm-hmm. someone just walking a few steps ahead. So yes. what would you give to these incoming freshmen? Yes. Oh my gosh. And when I think about that, I'm just thinking about how I did so many things wrong. Like <laughs> I had a, I had a, such a dysfunctional, dysfunctional sleep schedule. Like I would go to bed. Like I, I remember going to the library without my backpack, just like walking in just to talk to people and meet people like I would just stay up all night sleep till 12 like it was it was dysfunctional and I would I I think I was a part of like I signed up for five different small groups speaking of small groups I'm like and I just had too many things going on all the time I didn't know how to say no Mm. I always said yes um and felt like I had to be everywhere all the time getting to as many people as many people as possible every day and honestly like it was just not a functional way of living in I remember I would come home on holidays and just sleep and sleep and sleep and sleep. And my mom was like, are you okay? I'm like, yes, I just haven't slept in so long. So all that to say, Matthew 6.33 is like my life verse. And it says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. And for a long time, I didn't really know what that looked like. I thought it was just like, okay, I'm going to wake up and seek the Lord and everything's going to work out perfectly. And Honestly, like, it also reminds me of Psalm 37, 4, delight in yourself in the Lord, and He'll give you the desires of your heart. And same thing. I thought that meant, like, okay, if I enjoy spending time with Jesus, He'll give me every single thing that I want. But the trick is that, like, when you spend time with Him and really just figure out how much He loves you, like, the way that He sees you, like, what He created you for, like, you realize He is the number one desire of your heart, and everything else kind of just, like, flows from that. So... I think just, again, having that, like, spiritual, that one thing I did right is that I sought the Lord every single day, you know, just Mm -hmm. there wasn't a day that went by that I wasn't in His Word or in prayer about something, and even though, like, I was pretty inconsistent in some ways, it was just having that just foundation to go back on, okay, Lord, like, if I seek first Your agenda, like, Your purposes, like, listen to what You say about me trusting that you're going to add the fun, you're going to add the favor, you're going to add the friendships, you're going to add the opportunities. And that's another thing. Like, you have so many opinions and options in college. Like, everybody has an opinion about the way to live, whether you drink or not drink, just have fun or, you know, just be super disciplined and, you know, whether to date, whether to not date. Everyone has an opinion, and every freshman in college has tons of options, like who they want to be, the kind of person – they want to 
grow up to be. But they have every decision possible, like the kind of decisions they want to make, what they want to invest their time in. And um, that's that goes back to seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness. Because, you know, when you figure out this is what he says about me and, like, this is truth, you know, opinions, other people's opinions just aren't really going to stick, you know, good or bad. And, you know, you'll have convictions of, like, do I want to date freshman year? Like, is that going to be like, productive for me to have a boyfriend so early on? Um, honestly, I would say freshman year is just a time to figure out, like, your rhythm, mm-hmm. like, your rhythm with the Lord, like, your rhythm in life. Like, and it's honestly too vulnerable of a time to just try to date. Not to say that dating is always a no-go freshman year, because sometimes the Lord does put the right person at the right time, but it can just quickly turn into this, Fun, from this fun thing to like this all-consuming thing of like okay not only are you just trying to figure out like your life and your desires and your plans you're trying to like meet the needs of this other person and constantly like you know listen to listen to him and make check in with him and it can be a lot so I would say like as much as you can just like give yourself time and margin mm-hmm. and rest like that's another thing I didn't even implement till sophomore year. Like, <laughs> Lesson rest. learned the hard way, right? For sure. Um, so even just having like, like I have to like intentionally set apart time once a week. I, it, it's great to have a full day, but sometimes that's just not ideal. Just can't happen. But just time alone where my only agenda is to just be alone with the Lord and just think about, okay, like just evaluate, like what is my life working towards? Like, which which of these things really do matter like which of these things don't and because that's the thing we weren't created to have 300 best friends like we were created to have like a solid group of girls that really know you and really love you and really want the best for you and it's not going to be perfect but I think just having discipline and intentionality to set a time set up set aside time to just really evaluate like what you're working towards what you want to live for who you want to be is huge. Mm-hmm. And and you were talking about your roommates earlier too. And I want to talk about that as far as the kind of friends that you've chosen. And I do think when you're trying to honor God and you're on that path, you're going mm-hmm. to be drawn to people with similar values who are also on that path. Yes. And I, I look at you and I think the friendships that you've developed and that you have reflect, you know, you're honoring God. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they're really, they're the kind of friendships that every girl and mom or woman dreams of. And also that we dream of for our daughters too. But, you know, talk about, I thought this was so sweet what you were talking about, you and your roommates do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think y'all had a, y'all made a pact that y'all, you will not talk about each other behind yes. each other's back. So talk yes. about that. Talk about how you pray for each other. Just talk about those friendships and, you know, mm-hmm. just kind of give some ideas for other girls who might be in college right now. Like mm-hmm. this is how it can look in college. It doesn't have to be cat fights and drama and manipulation like they right. like to portray it on TV. Right. But there is a better way and, and what that looks like. Yes. Um, I just have to say I have the most life-giving roommates in the world. I don't know how. We're all so different. Like, we all go to different churches. We're all involved in different things. But it's so cool how the Lord has just, like, we've prayed for unity and just for our house to be a safe place. And He's totally answered that prayer. And one of the disciplines we have to do in order to keep that going is we set this rule. We're never going to talk negative about anyone in our house. I love that. I Um, love that. Because it's just so, so many girls are just like insecure about themselves or, you know, a coping mechanism is to like tear other people down to like make themselves feel better about themselves. Mm -hmm. But then also we just, 
like if there's empty time and space, it's so crazy how sometimes our instinct is just to start talking about other people. Like yeah. we just do it subconsciously. Like gossip is just such an issue. I feel like in so many people's lives, but especially like college girls, it's just in mm-hmm. I think because at the time, I think it can feel bonding, you know, at the yes. time when you're gossiping and you're getting into, you know, juicy details or whatever, right? it can feel bonding. And then right. afterward, that's when you're like, oh, Ugh. like, what did I just do? Like, that, I that was not a good environment. Like that, right. I don't need to do that again. Or, or it might be being with this group of people is not good for me. I'm, I've, I yes. notice I gossip more in this situation or with, I'm with, when I'm with this group that I'm yes. not strong enough right now. Yes. So. Maybe I need to pursue friends who aren't so gossipy. <laughs> right. You know, but so, I think you really, really have to be intentional about that. Yes. Just being a female. So true. And so we just basically talked about it. And a couple of things had happened where, you know, like I we, I had noticed, okay, like you should have just gone straight to her about that. Like then like talking about it with me or like there was no need to like come in my room and like tell three of our roommates about what our other roommate was doing. Like you just go straight to her. So we sat down and um, we do – roomy prayer where we like sounds so funny roomy prayer but just as much as we can we're pretty you know inconsistent about it but when we can we'll go to breakfast and just talk about our prayer requests of what we've been struggling with like how we can just cover each other in that way and over time we just kind of realized as we're also praying for unity in our house we never want to speak an ill word about another person in the house because it just creates this bitter root you know and Mm -hmm. Um, it's crazy how once we established that, I just caught myself almost doing it all the time and not with an intention to like put them in a bad light, but just like, you know, if one of my roommates is like consistently, you know, um, leaving her dishes out like every single day and it just, it builds up, it builds up, it builds up. And you have how many girls living together? Six. Six. Yeah. You have six people of any, in Mm -hmm. any stage of life living together you're going to have those right. irritations and things that could really like you said yes create a bitter root if you're not working through it in healthy right. ways over the stupidest things like right. dishes <laughs> and I mean I, I've had to be confronted by my roommates and I've had to do some confronting and it's never fun like I'm never like excited to go mm-hmm. talk to her about something that's been bothering me but I look back and I'm like I feel so loved like that they would rather come to me and just like, we can handle it. And I, and I think that's so important just to learn at your stage of life, because girls are not typically good at that, that typically we do go to somebody else and we talk to everybody, but that person that mm-hmm. we're having an issue with. Mm-hmm. But the fact that y'all are learning this now, I mean, it's mm-hmm. going to help you when you live with your roommates out of college, it's mm-hmm. going to help you in your marriage. It's going to help you when you're raising children mm-hmm. because you've learned those conflict resolution skills, whether it's, right. and sometimes it's good to learn it on those small things because mm-hmm. it prepares you for those bigger conversations. Yes. It prepares you to have those. But I mean, I remember, and I tell my girls this and, um, and they're like, mom, that was terrible, but you can get so, you know, self-focused on yourself when you are living with people. You don't even realize what you're doing. Right. But I had a roommate out of college and um, she and I were like great friends and, I was going out with this guy and we broke up and we were going through, I was just going through a hard period, a breakup period. And mm-hmm. I was looking for something to distract myself. So I decided I was going to decorate our den. And so, um, and so she had some little decorations that are her, you know, that she had put out, but it was a different color scheme than I wanted. Uh-huh. So I went and I just, you know, bought all this stuff after work one night. I was taking this little class at UAB on decorating. I was no decorator, but I thought I was. <laughs> so anyway, I came home and I'm, I'm thinking, oh, well, you know, her stuff doesn't go with my stuff. So I'm just going to move it. I just moved her stuff and put mine out instead. And, yeah. and then I got a new sofa and thought I was doing us a favor furnishing our apartment. 
Um, and anyways, a few weeks later, I think I'd brought something else home and moved mm-hmm. something of hers and put mine there instead, which is so rude. But to me, I'm just on such a mission to make the room look good. I wasn't thinking about that. Right. And so she came to me one night and she was like trying not to cry, but she's like, I just got to talk to you about something. You know, it's really, it hurt my feelings that you did this because my mom had bought, you know, some of this stuff for the den, oh. which I didn't even know. And she's like, and then I come out and you've moved it all. And I've been, I've been talking to my mom, trying to figure out how to talk to you about this. And I was like, I am so sorry. That was so rude and selfish. But I was just so, you know, I was just on my mission to do what I wanted to do. I wasn't even thinking about how it might impact her. Right. And, you know, I think that just shows that we are all selfish by nature and self-focused. And sometimes we need those gentle Mm -hmm. reminders from others. And it it definitely is going to go down better if it comes spoken out of love. Yes. And from that place of understanding rather than lashing out or coming at us in anger. Yes. And sometimes when we do wait or when we're talking about the roommates behind their back for a long time right by the time we finally talk to them we're exploding and it comes out as anger and a lot of trouble can come up I think it's just like we need to assume the best about others like we need to assume like like I'm so glad my roommate didn't assume that I was trying to like not listen to her and create mold in our shower like (laughs) you know and right there's deeper situations like one of my roommates has a boyfriend and we love him he's like the most godly guy ever like we all we joke that he's our husband and brother and father we just like he's awesome but there have been times you know where he's like they're like watching a movie in the living room and he ends up falling asleep on the couch and I'm I wake up to go get some water out of the kitchen it's like you know one in the morning and I see a man in my living room (laughs) and I like scream and um, and it's just it's alarming but you know our, our nature is to assume, oh, she wants to have her boyfriend over late at night. Like, oh, she wants to disrespect right, us. But right. no, like she just was watching a movie and he accidentally fell asleep. I think right, I think right. if we would just assume the best about other people, like so many. Because, I mean, I don't, I expect grace from other people. I expect, like if I'm late to something, I expect them to understand like something came up. Right. But then if someone's late to like my meeting, I I'm offended. It's just, yes. it's crazy. I know. And I, I spoke to this little small group the other day that's doing a, um, a study of 10 truths. And these girls are in fourth grade. And mm-hmm. so I'm trying to present scenarios like this is going to happen in the future. Or, you know, this is what's common among girls. And one thing I talked about with them was, you know, how when you're in a situation, say your friend hurts your feelings, that it's so easy to either, you know, go talk about it with somebody else or just take it and take it and take it and let yes. that resentment build up. And you're never really it's going to hurt your friendship. Yeah. And so, you know, there's a way to speak the truth in love and to approach the person. And usually the best way is to maybe focus on how you feel or how it's making you feel rather Mm -hmm. than attacking the person. Yes. So, you know, say, I was like, some people are more sensitive than others. So say your friend is kind of teasing you at lunch and picking on you. Mm -hmm. And if somebody was doing it to her, it wouldn't hurt her feelings because she's pretty tough. Mm -hmm. But maybe this person's more sensitive. So maybe when you're together in private, you can say, hey, you know, I really, I love you and I don't want this to come between our friendship, but it really hurts my feelings when you do that in front of people. Mm -hmm. And I don't think you realize how much it hurts my feelings. And that's why I want to tell you that because otherwise I think it could, it could come in between our friendship and cause some problems down Mm -hmm. the road. And, and I've learned even in my life when I approach things that way, that people are usually so receptive, like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm so sorry. You Mm -hmm. know that they, and I'm the same way too, that when you realize that about yourself, mm-hmm. especially if it's spoken with grace, then you're yes. like, I- I'm going to work on that. Yes. And it reminds me, you know, the in the scriptures when it says, don't remove the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye before removing the plank of wood in your own. Like, I know I'm not perfect. Like, I'm sure I do things all the time that 
accidentally offend people or that just aren't respectful of other people's space or Mm -hmm. so that's why like I've found so much comfort in like being like Lord search me like test me know my heart like know my anxious thoughts see if there's any offensive way in me please show it to me like seriously please show it to me right and then like lead me in the way everlasting because I like I just want harmony with the Lord I want harmony with people like we don't know it none of us wants to like fall asleep at night like worrying about what are people thinking like what are people saying about me what are people thinking about me like how have I offended someone so just like if you ask the Lord to reveal things in you that are sinful like he'll do it like I've never prayed that prayer and without something popping up in my mind or like I mean never I remember oh my goodness I have so many stories with this but even this summer working at JH Ranch I um I just had this I don't know like I, I just kept thinking about I made a comment that I don't think came out the wrong way. And, you know, it. I, I didn't even realize it at the moment, but I kept thinking back on it like the next week. And I was like, why do I keep thinking about this? And so I prayed about it and I was like, Lord, like, is this something you want me to bring up? And I just kind of felt confirmation, like maybe yes. And so I went to this girl and I was like, hey, this is so random, but I made a comment like a week and a half ago. Like, I don't even know if you remember it, but I did not, it did not come off like the way I meant it to. And if there's any confusion on like what I meant by it, I just want to clear it up because I love you. And like, I would hate for you to be worried of like what I meant by that. And she literally started crying. Really? She started crying. Really? She was like, Mary Lauren, like, thank you so much for just coming to me about that because I was kind of, I think I did take it the wrong way. And wow. I just had chills. Cause I was oh, like, wow. it, we just discount all the time. Like I, I discount all the time. Like, the Lord, like, he, he speaks to us. Like yes. he prompts us, like he'll give us reoccurring thoughts or like just impressions on our hearts. And I'm just, I think it's so cool. Like he wants the same thing we want. Like he, mm-hmm. he's the one that created us. Like he's the one that wants us to live in unity with people and um, just to love the people around us. And he'll give us opportunities to do it. <laughs> and That's so good. You know, and you reminded me of a friend of mine that we, we talk about this, about listening to God's nudges mm-hmm. and those those oh, little yeah. promptings that yes. how many times do we ignore them? Yes. But even if he's calling you to or he's he's prompting you to like check on a friend. Yes. Or he was, you know, prompting both of us on the same day to text each other about doing this podcast. Like there was a reason for that. Right. But you know, how many times do we not listen to those promptings and we don't do what he's calling us to do? And that person on the other end really needed that. <laughs> right. And to know you can find his hand in any situation. Yes. You know, even if you're not in a good place or you're in a kind of a dark situation, just mm-hmm. looking for that light there Yes. or think, okay, why, what's, what's my purpose here? That right. Even if this is not where I'm supposed to be permanently, I'm here right now. And maybe there's a purpose, a reason that I'm, I'm planted in this yes. situation. He's always available. You know, and I wanted to talk real quick. I know we'll have to wrap up pretty soon, but mm-hmm. I wanted to talk to you about like going through a lonely season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you talked about going through one in high school and doing the work that I do, that's something that moms fear. And it happens. I mean, I, I really don't know any girl who hasn't gone through it at some point, whether mm-hmm. it's high school or college. But, mm-hmm. you know, loneliness, can, it can crop up in college, I think, at the, the oddest times. I mean, I remember being in college and having the best night with friends and just feeling so fulfilled and happy. And then sometimes going to bed that night and all of a sudden I feel lonely. And it's just weird. And I think it's more maybe it was a homesick or missing home or just feeling a little bit unsettled. But mm-hmm. there's lonely feelings or those lonely seasons we go through. And I always tell moms, I'm like, don't fear those seasons because one, like I said, it might be 
your daughter might need a lonely season to reset Mm -hmm. and to kind of move on from some friendships that she's outgrown. But I also do think it's in those lonely seasons that we realize that, you know, God is our our steady, stable provider. Yes. And he's our comfort. And it really can grow our faith and give us our security and make sure that we're building our identity in Christ Mm -hmm. and that one thing that will never fail us, that Mm -hmm. one relationship that will always be there, even if your friend does pledge a different sorority than you do, or your friend's making different choices than you do. Yes. That, you know, ultimately we are, we're on a collective journey, but then we're also on an individual journey. And right. don't not be scared venturing somewhere by yourself, which I guess your your group is now thinking about as you're looking to graduate. Right. And you might go to different cities and end up in different places. Right. But just, you know, going where God's calling you to, to go mm-hmm. and trusting that He's going to be with you wherever mm-hmm. you are, even if it feels lonely, mm-hmm. that He will, you know, fill that void in your heart mm-hmm. and in due time bring the right people into your mm-hmm. life. So um, let's just talk about that, somebody that's maybe in a lonely season, whether in college or out of college, yeah. and how to deal with that and how yeah. you talk yourself through those moments. Yeah. I think, like, definitely thinking back to my lonely season in 10th grade, it was, like, the first time where, I mean, I had never felt left out in my whole life. Like, I had never. <laughs> right. I've just felt, like, loved and favored and, like, center of attention, like, every spend the night party ever up until this summer, like, coming back from this just spiritual high of JH and motion conference and, you know, with my family at the lake. And it was so confusing to me that like immediately after, like my friend group was going in an opposite direction. But now I look back and just see his hand on that, how he was using that to prepare me for like what was to come, like Mm -hmm. the ministry opportunities, like um, just the platforms he was going to give me to like speak his truth and all the things I can just see so clearly that was his grace and his timing to do that. And it reminds me like it literally is the same thing that happened to Jesus, which I'm realizing this as you were talking, like he was baptized and said the spirit of God descended upon him and said, this is my son whom I love with him. I'm well pleased. And like, that was his identity. Like I'm his son. I'm loved. And I'm well-pleasing to God. Like, that was Jesus' identity, foundation. Like, that was the truth. It is the truth. And the literally the next verse, it says immediately after Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So it's crazy. Like, he was on the spiritual high, probably feeling, like, all fired up to, like, go. And it's, like, immediately after, like, the Holy Spirit led him into the season of loneliness. Like, 40 days, 40 nights into the, into, in the wilderness. And, you know, he was tested. He was tempted um in multiple different ways but I look back on those scriptures and I see like God was preparing Jesus for his ministry because after that season of 40 days and 40 nights that like, he, he hadn't preached a single message or prayed one prayer of healing or done anything cast a demon out healed a sickness he hadn't done any of that before this season and immediately, like after he was baptized, had the spiritual high, he had that season of loneliness, and God used it to prepare him for his ministry right after. And that's just so cool. Like he did that with me, yes. and he oh, used it. So I'm that's, that's awesome. And but it's just crazy because we all will have seasons like that. And I've had seasons since then, you know, little pockets of um, loneliness, and not in you know that amount, like where it was you know months of I felt like my only security was my alone time with the Lord and with my mom. But um, I think it's just huge and to recognize that His timing and His grace in doing that because, you know, everything is temporary in life. Like even like roles, like in high school, like being a cheerleader or, you know, being in this friend group or 
being a part of this organization, all those things, you know, I think it's so easy to subconsciously get your identity wrapped in those things. Like, this is who I am. I'm a cheerleader. I'm a part of this friend group. This is my identity. Like, I'm in this pageant. I got this title, all those things. Well, the second those things end, it's like you have a small identity crisis. Wait, like, who am I? Like, right. And a lot of people have that in college where they're like, wait, like, who am I without all these things or that friend group or um, that label? And so it was honestly such perfect timing, like, me getting it in my spirit. Like, I am his daughter, and he loves me, and I'm well-pleasing to him. Like, before I lift a finger or do a single thing for him, like, he loves me, he loves me, he loves me, he loves me. He really just rooted that, like, in my heart. And for the rest of my days in college, I mean, I told you I prayed that prayer with my mom. Like, Lord, I want to seek you, and I want it to be fun, and I want you to— favor me and I want people to want what I have and I want it to be desirable like I don't want it to be this like because there's a difference between a season of loneliness and then being isolated like right it's not good to be isolated right and, like he he created us for community and um he wants that for us and so I think it's just it's important to recognize loneliness is just for a season and he's using it to prepare you for community and influence and platforms because end of the day he just wants us to glorify us while we're on earth. And mm-hmm. I would just say don't discount the season you're in because he wait, he wastes nothing. He uses every single thing, and he prepares you for what's next. And he totally did that with me. And I'm so thankful because I've never questioned. You know, a lot of things have been inconsistent. And, you know, different things have come and gone in my life, like different roles and leadership positions. And um, even, like, my high school friend group, like, things have come and gone. But at the end of the day, like, I know who I am. Like, I'm his daughter. And he loves me, and I'm well pleasing to him before yeah. I do anything. So, oh, I love that, and it, and it's true. And it's if you're standing on that foundation, then mm-hmm. no matter what happens in your life, right? You know, people might change, moods might change, yeah. circumstances definitely change for sure. But you will still be standing with that as your foundation. Yeah. And you raised a great point about there's a difference between isolation and loneliness. Uh-huh. And I think it's really easy in college to when people are feeling lonely to stay stuck there right. or to start feeling hopeless and to just sit there and wait. This is who mm-hmm. I am. Sit there and wait for invitations. And just knowing how important it is to initiate and to be proactive. So true. And it doesn't matter if you're not an extrovert. Like, mm-hmm. you can make yourself do that and how right. important it is that if you are lonely, you know, the enemy wants you there. He mm-hmm. wants you to stay stuck there. Mm-hmm. And chances are there are a lot of people around you who are also feeling lonely. Yeah. And just, you know, don't be scared to reach out to be that one extending yeah. that invitation. And, and I'll never forget this this girl I heard about that – um. I think she was a co at Alabama. Her mom was telling me that she pledged, you know, she was from out of state. She pledged just, you know, great sorority, but didn't know anybody. Mm -hmm. And she decided that she would just go and sit on the couch every day during Uh. lunch, you know, (laughs) because they have the sorority houses and everybody would come in for lunch. It's a great idea. So she's like, I'm just going to plant myself here and meet people. And so I thought that was such a great example of just putting yourself in situations where you're going to meet people. Right. Don't wait for the invitations to come because you have the power to Mm -hmm. go extend the invitations. Mm -hmm. somebody says no then just go extend it to somebody else right because there are other people wanting that same community like introvert or extrovert like god created us for community and like to be in companionship so i think being in the right place at the right time is like huge like there's so many things to be a part of i mean i'm just lucky because i go to auburn and i feel like it's just such a life-giving place full of opportunities and it's so celebrated to make the right decisions and to be the best you can be it's I mean you have to choose it no matter where you are but it's really celebrated and encouraged there and I feel like it's more popular than not to like choose life-giving and good things and 
seek the Lord. But that is such a good point. Like so many people just start like victimizing themselves of like, or, and I mean, it's hard. Like it can be hard to feel lonely or like alone in your faith. And even if you have good intentions, it's easy to let your circumstances or feelings or even other people's opinions, like tell you who you are. Mm -hmm. And it's just not true. And I mean, I just thought of John 10, 10, it says like the enemy came to steal and kill and destroy. Like he wants to like steal community and, you know, destroy your identity and, you know, kill your confidence. But Christ came so that we might have life and have it to the full. So just knowing that like he wants you to have abundant life, like that's his heart for you. And so it just takes intentionality, like going and like even what Ella was just saying, Ella was just in here saying how she'll, t- she texted someone every single day, like for the first couple months of college. And it was just like, do you want to go on a walk? Do you want to get coffee? Like it's such a special time to enjoy those things. And just realizing everyone's in the same boat. Like everyone wants the same thing, just to be known and loved and to have life-giving friends. And so that's huge. Just not feeling like this is who I am when you're lonely, feeling like instead feeling like this is just a season and God wants to use this to prepare me for what's next. And, you know, you can, there's, there's intentionality that you can take to shift the circumstances and Yes, I know. And I think that um, of all the advice I gave Ella going into college, I was like, I think that's probably the best advice that she really took to heart and that I I think can really help girls is just, I told her, I was like, you know, you have this window of time to meet people, which you obviously took advantage of your window of time. You said Uh you barely slept. (laughs) You were so busy (laughs) meeting people. Um, So you do have to find the balance with it, but still, it's because you're an extrovert and you love people and you're social. So it's, Uh it's hard, but you know, not everybody's as naturally like you. And so, um, but that's one thing I would encourage any girl who's listening to this. And even if you haven't been doing it to this point, but start doing it now. But I told Ella, I was like, you know, you have this window of time and, you know, to really meet people. And I mean, I'm still benefiting from relationships I made in college. You know, so many of the events or small groups that people are leading, they're people I knew in college and they weren't my best friends, but it was somebody that I knew loosely or that I just had an acquaintance with. And so you just never know how God's going to weave your paths back together. So I was like, just, you know, admit as many people as possible so cool. you will never have a time in your life where you're around this many of your own peers mm-hmm. and people of your own age mm-hmm. and I told her it's like it's like when a neighbor moves in down the street like if you don't go within the first few weeks to meet them it's kind of awkward after that you know like six yeah. months later a year later it's awkward you can't just like show up and introduce yourself that's a great analogy and I just remember college was like that you know the, the first few months especially everybody's meeting each other and making those connections but after that you really you go out and you're not doing that anymore mm-hmm. because at that point you know somebody's face but you're not going to go up and introduce yourself necessarily. So um, just don't be shy about that. And like what you're talking about, you know, just being firmly rooted in your identity in Christ, Mm -hmm. knowing who God says that you are and how loved you are. And I think when we approach our relationships like that, Mm -hmm. then you're going to have that confidence that people are drawn to. And it'll give you the confidence to go out and make those friendships, regardless of whether they respond. If Mm -hmm. this person, you know, isn't interested in being your friend, then you can move on to the next person and find Mm -hmm. those connections. Yeah, there's really, I'm trying to think of reasons not to, even hearing you say that, how <laughs> it's crazy how the Lord will just resurface things back in your life and circle things and make connections. I mean, he's, his hand is just over all of it, but I'm like, why would you never, like, why just, what are, what are reasons not to? And I think a lot of it is like feeling awkward Yes. or like, you don't want to like rub someone the wrong way, but I have never had someone text me to hang out and like me felt nothing but like loved and encouraged. Like right. even if I can't go or for whatever reason, like can't make it, I still just have a soft spot in my heart towards that person. I'm like, Oh my gosh, like they took initiative. 
like everyone loves to be invited. And so, yes. And I'm a big believer that it's, if, if you're debating whether to invite somebody to do something, it's always better to extend the invitation and let them say no than yes. to not do it. That's so true. I mean, I've, I, I can't really think of any time in my life when I've regretted right. extending an invitation, but I have regretted not right. extending an invitation. Nothing bad could ever come from that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, Mary Lauren, you are just amazing. And I will definitely have to have You're you back amazing. on and we'll just talk on the 20 other topics we never even got to today. <laughs> but um, I just think you're such a light and God is so clearly at work in your life. And I just can't wait to see what he continues to do in you and through you. And um, just really appreciate you coming on the podcast today. And um, are there any final words or thoughts or um, prayers that you might want to pray over and especially any college girl who might be listening? The main thing I would just say is letting him be your shepherd, like day in and day out. Like he wants to lead us and he wants us to give us that abundant life. But his design is for us to come to him daily, you know, like little by little, he led his people into the promised land and little by little, he wants to lead us every day. And, you know, he says he's a lamp into our feet, a light into our path. And I always just think about how a lamp could only go so far. Like he, he wants us to daily come back and the best part. Yes. He has plans that are exceedingly and abundantly better than all we could ever ask for or imagine. He says he has plans to prosper us, not to harm us. He has a will that's good, pleasing and perfect. Yes. He has all those things he wants to give us, but the best part of them, I think when we look back on our life is going to be him holding our hand every step of the way. And that comes with just daily seeking him and, yeah, I mean, he's the only thing that never returns void. So I just, I'm, that's something I'm praying for for myself and something I'm just praying for for literally everyone like on earth, just to, to know him because nothing will ever compare to the surpassing worth of that. So, Well, to be where you are in your faith at such a young age, I just think it's incredible. And um, like I said, I can't wait to see what God continues to do with your life. And I'm praying for you, and I'm thankful for my friendship with you, even Me though too. there's a huge age gap. I just <laughs> no. feel like I just relate to you so much and Same. look up to you, even though you're, what, 30 years younger than I am. But um, but thank you again for doing this, and let's do it again soon, maybe yes. during another break when you're home. Please. This just made my month. <laughs> <laughs> I <Year>. loved it. <laughs> Friends, thank you for tuning in today. Your time is extremely valuable, and I consider it a real privilege that you shared some time with me. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen and leave a ratings or a review to help other people find it. For more inspiration, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook and also check out my newest book for moms of teenage girls, Love Her Well, 10 Ways to Find Joy and Connection with Your Teenage Daughter. Take care and I look forward to reconnecting again next time.